We want to welcome every single one of you that are joining us online. Thank you so much for being with us this morning here at Word of Faith Global Ministries. I get the privilege and the honor to, <clears throat> excuse me, close out this month's series, A Fresh Start. That's what we've been talking about throughout the entire month. How many of you have been blessed by these messages? Amen. Wow. It's been Powerful, as I always say, I've got to plug it in. Please, if you haven't listened to any of these messages, you go to our library, you go to our YouTube channel, we're on podcast now. Go back and listen to these messages. They will encourage you. But I also have the privilege and the honor of closing out this chapter in our church history as we've been talking about uh, and for the purpose of those that are listening to us online. Today is the last service here at 81 Hook Square, uh, and where we've been here for 18 years. Give God glory for that. <clears throat> Amen. Circumstances out of our control. I won't go into all the specifics, but we're on the move and God is on the move. Amen. So praise the Lord for that. Last month, we celebrated 18 years to God be the glory in this location. And truth be told, we've actually been here for approximately 25 years, actually. Uh, long story. But uh, now, very fittingly enough, we're off to a fresh start. Amen. Amen. Pun totally intended. Uh, we're going to Begin meeting like Pastor has mentioned. We mentioned throughout the last couple of months at the Seventh Day Adventist Church. For those of you that are listening online, that address is 701 uh, Curtis Parkway, and it's right here in the city of Miami Springs, right across from the golf course. And the pastors there, the elders, have opened up graciously for us, and we uh, bless them and we thank them so much. Uh, we know God through those doors wide open for us to God be the glory. So temporarily, and I say temporarily because we know that we know that we know Amen. that yes, the best is yet to come. And God's got more things in store for us and better things in store for us as a church. Amen. Do you all believe it? Amen. Amen. And, and we just know that um, God is doing something amazing and not just as a church, but God is doing some amazing things with each of us individual, individually. You may not realize it, but it's the truth, okay? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go right into it because we have a lot going on today, but uh, we, we've celebrated a monumental time in our faith this month, right? We celebrated Palm Sunday a couple of weeks ago. We uh, are we celebrated Resurrection Sunday just last week, Passover. We know it's, uh, um, uh, Resurrection uh, Sunday, last uh, message, last Sunday, the pastor gave an um, amazing message. And not just that, we had so many people come up to this altar and get prayed for uh, and, and salvations took place to God be the glory healings. We know that for sure. Something super interesting happened to me um, this past uh, a couple of days, actually. I was, I was in the middle of finalizing the message I had prepared for today. And uh, God did something. He basically said to me, um, no, you can hold off that message for another time. And he, he changed the message. 
So I come before you a little bit with shaking knees because he changed the message at the last minute. And the Lord knows that I am a very prepared type of individual, right? And and I prepare like, you know, months ahead, weeks ahead. I mean, now I got all these ideas and all that stuff. And, you know, not to say that the Lord's not in it. The Lord is definitely in it. But when the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to move things around, you got to listen. Amen. You got to pay attention. And so he sh he's he's shifting uh, this message in a in a little bit of a different direction. He brought to my remembrance uh, a message that I gave um, some time ago last year. You're, when when you hear me mention the title, I really didn't even change the title. I left it as is because I, I really took it to prayer. I said, Lord, how do you want me to do this? Because I don't. I don't repurpose or recycle uh, messages. I, I, I typically don't do that. So I prayed through it and the Lord basically just instilled in me such a strong sense of this message being fitting for now. Okay. Amen. Um, and you know, God does that sometimes, right? Sometimes, uh, how many of you can agree that maybe you, um, have read a certain passage of scripture and you know, the passage of scripture and yes, it may have applied back then and there or whatever it is that you were going through, but you could read that same scripture again, years later, months later, weeks later, whatever it might be. And God shows you, wow, that's for you now. That God does that, right? And the same goes with some messages. There are messages, this message I gave last year, it was a message for then, and I received it as such. But it's almost as if God is saying, remember, remember. And so we took it for then, and we receive it for now. Amen. So again, I prayed through it and, uh, and, and, and so here we go. Here we go. I, I'm going to preface this by saying we don't have any translation today to God be the glory because I'm going to go fast. Are you ready for lightning speed? As a matter of fact, I almost pictured you guys sitting at the tip of your seat, the edge of your seat, just like you're watching a suspenseful movie. That's how I kind of picture you today because I'm going to try to go fast. But at the same time, it's not because of the speed, but it's because of the meat of the word that is going to come forth in Jesus' mighty name. Go to Acts chapter number one. Quick, Acts chapter number one. That goes right after the Gospels, after the book of John, Acts chapter number one. If you're there, shout. Thank you, all 10 of you. If you're there, shout. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Acts chapter number one, we're going to read verses one through five, and they say the following. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had <clears throat> after he had by the holy spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days say 40 days, 40 days. a speaking uh, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the father had pro for what the father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. 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 Today's message title, and you're going to remember this. Some of you might smile. Give me a nod if you do. The mystery of the Omer. Living each day with expectation. When Pastor Ricky Jr. was up here saying everything he was saying together with Pastor about looking ahead, expecting, I said, yes, this is it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for what you have done. But God, we are so grateful for what you are doing. Lord, we thank you that you have brought this message to light today because you want to call to our attention this thing that we call our Christian walk, our relationship with you. You want to set us on fire, God. You want us to do things totally different, God. You want to bring some things to light this morning. I believe it, Lord. You stirred me up when you changed this, Holy Spirit, for me. So I pray the same right now for every single person that is hearing this from the, at the sound of my voice and those that are joining online that will see it now, that will see it in the future. In Jesus' name, I declare and I decree that we will live a life of expectancy, God, because you are in our future. You're in our now. You're in our always. Oh, thank you, Father. So, Lord, I pray right now, anoint these lips of mine. I step out of the way. I am out of here, God. It's you and you alone. May people hear you and not me, God. You and not me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O oh Lord, my God and my Redeemer. And for this, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have you ever wondered what the disciples were doing, what they were thinking, uh, what they were experiencing right after the death of Jesus? It's very fitting because we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday, last Sunday. What were they thinking? What were they doing? What were, what were they imagining in their minds at the time? I want you to try to think of it. Their lives were completely shattered by Jesus's crucifixion. And I, I like to do that a lot of times when I read the word. I like to put myself, again, I like to put myself in that day and time. I like to put myself in that culture. I almost sometimes even see myself with some of the garments that they wore. Just because I try to imagine, and, and I'm not doing anything weird by doing that. Let's just get that off, you know, out of here. I don't want you to think that, oh, she's doing weird stuff. No, I just have a wild imagination, and I try to put myself there. I try to put myself in what they were thinking, what they were doing, how they were acting, uh, what, what could have possibly uh, uh, been their feeling. And at the same time, like we talked about, as a matter of fact, in a table talk recently with my son, how we need to know too what was going on in the culture of that day. And it helps us to understand, understand scripture in a deeper way. Amen. So imagine all of their hope was lost. It seemed lost. They, what they thought Jesus was going to accomplish while on earth did not happen the way that they imagined. Hello. 
Isn't that us a lot of times? We imagine God doing something. We pray about something and we think, oh yeah, God's going to answer this, 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 and it's going to be A, B, C, D, and it's going to be one, two, three, exactly like I'm praying it, exactly like I'm thinking about it. But you know, God many times shifts things around and we go, oh. What gives God? And then some things hurt. Some things, some, some, sometimes he needs to get us out of that comfort zone. Hello? Is that fitting? Amen. Right? He needs to get us out of ourselves. And he needs to shake us at times. And so they imagined Jesus to be coming as the conquering king at that time. And that was not yet to come. So imagine for a moment what they could have been thinking, what they were experiencing. And, and, and having that experience together had to have brought them together like never before. They were united. Amen. And so I, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage us to, because of what we're going through at this present time, may it be a moment where we are gathered together and we are bonded together more than ever before. And doesn't that happen sometimes when we go through some difficulties, right? That we, we grow stronger like married couples. Sometimes when they go through some little, you know, uh, bubbles and little you know, things and little challenges, they grow stronger, don't they? They look in hindsight and they say, wow, that God took us through that and we're stronger than ever before. May that happen with us as a church as well. Amen. So we know how the story goes. On the third day, Jesus resurrects. He appears to marry the disciples and many, many others at the time. That was actually part of the message I had. Uh, but anyway, I'm not going to go there. But it was, it was this same day, this same day, the day of the resurrection, that Israel was celebrating the Feast of First Fruits. The Feast of First Fruits. Everybody say First Fruits. First Corinthians, you don't have to go there, just real quick. First Corinthians 15 20 says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. Amen. Jesus was literally fulfilling a festival from the Old Testament. This, folks, is why it's so important, so critically important for us to study not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. Amen. And to study and understand the feast, I have, if there's anything you can say about Pastor Yvette, it's probably that. Hasn't Pastor Yvette talked to us about the festivals, the feast, the Jewish feast over and over and over again? I think it's really important for us to understand it. Why? Because doing so will actually enrich our knowledge. It'll enrich our walk with God. It'll enrich that relationship that we have with God, right? Because you see, they are all types and shadows pointing to our our Messiah. Hallelujah. Amen. Otherwise, many of these things will sound foreign to us, right? And won't make a lick of sense. So we need to understand and read these things. So this is one of the reasons why this message is being brought up. We have to teach these things. So we see that when Jesus, Jesus resurrects, he fulfills the festival of first fruits. Amen. On this day, they were celebrating that God was their provider. You see? On this day, they were celebrating God is our provider. So, so that you can better comprehend that trajectory here, 
Israel celebrates the Passover in Egypt. You all know, right? They celebrate the Passover in Egypt. They flee Egypt. And 50 days later at Mount Sinai, what ends up happening? The Torah, the law is given by Moses. Amen. The Torah commands that Jesus, that I'm sorry, the Torah commands that Jew, commands that Jesus, the Torah commands that Jewish people count seven weeks or 49 days from the Feast of First Fruits to the Feast of Pentecost or Shavuot. Shavuot is Pentecost. We know it as Pentecost, which comes from the Greek word pente, which means 50. Pentecost, Pente, 50, Pentecost. If we read Leviticus 23, 15 through 16, it says, and you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. You shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. Okay. What would happen is that they would celebrate this feast and bring what they had from the previous harvest, okay? But on the day that they celebrated the feast of Pentecost, of Shavuot, they would bring a new measurement of barley, representing a prophetic act that something new was going to take place. A pro it represented a prophetic act that something new was going to take place. Can I get a hallelujah in the house? So unbeknownst to them, obviously, it all pointed to the person of Jesus Christ as well as the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that was given at Pentecost. With So with regards to the seven weeks, the number seven in the Bible is important, very, very important. It actually represents wholeness. It represents perfection, completion. We must understand that this is a very, very, very significant time uh, in history, a very significant period of time. So watch this. Stay with me. Good. I see you staying with me. From Passover. Three days later, we have the Feast of First Fruits. Passover for us this year, of course, would have been Good Friday, yes? Passover, three days later, we have Resurrection, the Feast of First Fruits. From that day, they begin counting the Omer, in which what they would do is that they would ceremonially begin counting 50 days until the Feast of Pentecost. If you're with me, say, I've got it. I hope so. We're going somewhere. Hang tight. I don't want to lose you. Every day at sundown for 49 days, they would begin, they would bring an omer of barley, which is actually a biblical measurement, okay? To, they would bring it to the temple. It's, it's a measurement of nine and a half cups. They would bring this to the temple to offer it to the Lord. This idea, the idea of counting each day represents spiritual preparation 
an anticipation of something that will occur. I'm going to repeat that so you can get it again. The idea of counting each day represents spiritual preparation and anticipation of something that will occur. Counting down the days. I'm getting excited. Counting. First day. Second day third day. Don't you get, don't you get like kind of antsy when you're going on vacation and you like cross it off your calendar? You, oh, I've got 20 days left, 20, 21 or 20 days left, 19 days, 18. And you get excited. Think about it that way. The Jewish people remembered that on the 50th day, Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the tablets and the Torah was given. Now, presently, Jewish people count the Omer symbolically. Why? Because they don't have a temple. There's no temple on the Temple Mount that was destroyed in 70 AD. They recite, actually, a prayer every evening at sundown that says, Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who, was, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commands us concerning counting of the Omer. This is their prayer. Allow me to put this into perspective for our time frame today. April 17th, last Sunday, was Resurrection Sunday. Until today, we are on day eight, because you count that day, day eight, counting Sunday, of the counting of the Omer. We're on day eight. Pentecost this year actually falls on Sunday, June 5th. Are you with me? Now, you may ask, you may be sitting there at the edge of your seats, and you may be asking, what has this got anything to do with me, Pastor Yvette? I'm a little bored with all this teaching. If you stay with me, you're going to find out. It's safe to assume, okay, that Jesus counted the Omer with his disciples during his three-year ministry. Why? Because Jesus celebrated the feasts. He didn't say, oh, I'm Jesus. I don't have to celebrate the feasts. He celebrated. He was a Jew. Yes? So it's safe to say that he counted the Omer. I can just imagine Jesus counting the Omer going, these guys are, these guys are going to freak when the day of Pentecost. And he, he must have had that conversation with the Father. I can only imagine. God, I can't wait. I can't wait. Father, I can't wait. Let's go back to Acts 1, 4, and 5. Watch this. Acts chapter 1. Four and five, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you, which he said, you heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. Here's what I want you to get a hold of. It's during this window of time between resurrection and Pentecost. Look at it, think of it as bookends resurrection and Pentecost during the counting of the Omer that Jesus appears for 40 days, 40 days, giving unequivocal, convincing proof that he was alive. Bookends, resurrection, Pentecost. During this trajectory of time, between that time, which is the 50 days that they had to count up to Pentecost, for 40 days, Jesus was appearing to his disciples. Think about that. 40 days. The number 40 is also very symbolic in scripture. It signifies a period of testing, trial, probation. It also means preparation. I'm going to 
do this because I'm sweating. Do I look okay? Yeah? Okay. It also means preparation. 40. Everybody say 40 days. For 40 days, Jesus was appearing to his disciples. Does this start to like make sense when you read the word, when you read the book of Acts? Jesus' disciples will, would count the omer, but this time, this time, it was different. As they entered a time of great expectation and preparation for their new assignment, you see. Because Jesus was prepping them up. He was setting them up. They were unaware of what God was going to do. They just knew that they had to be expecting. That's what they knew. They knew they had to have a spirit of expectation. As they waited and as they counted down the days, they had a spirit of anticipation. Something's going to happen. If Jesus said it, he said it before, didn't he? And look, all these things have come to pass. If he's been saying, wait for the promise, I wonder what that's going to look like. And that expectation began to brew inside of them, right? So it, it's during this time frame, these 40 days during this bookend of time that Jesus, is, Jesus begins an intense training with his disciples. Whew. Church, pay attention. I'm telling you something. We're going somewhere with this. This is really applicable for every single one of us here today. Can you receive that right now? For all of us who are in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I dare say it's also applicable for us as a, as a church here at Word of Faith Global Ministries. Shout amen to that. This is applicable. This is what the Lord was stirring in me just two days ago. Number one, he proved to them that he was indeed alive. Don't we know that Jesus is alive? Yes, we do. We don't serve a dead God. He's not in the grave. We don't find his bones anywhere and we don't find his body anywhere. Hallelujah. Number two, they needed to be, there needed to be no doubt in their minds that he was the Messiah. He was the Mashiach that they were expecting, that they were anticipating. Yes, it was Jesus, the Messiah that was promised to Israel. He was the fulfillment of scripture. Number three, they had to realize that they had an important task to complete. So during these 40 days when Jesus appears to the disciples after his death and resurrection, they are radically rocked and changed. So from the time that they were scared out of their wits because Jesus died on the cross and he was in that grave, and they had no idea what was happening. They were rocked in that moment. Imagine when he begins to appear those 40 days. My goodness, imagine it for just a minute. They were radically rocked and changed. They were transformed. They saw things differently in such a profound way that there had to be no way for them to doubt that Jesus is Lord that he wasn't dead, that he was no longer in that tomb, that the, the stone had been rolled away and that Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy. If you go to John chapter 20, just a few pages before the book of Acts, go there with me. John chapter 20, 19 through 23 it says, so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, 
<clears throat> where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Remember, they're in fear at this time, right? Watch what it says. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. Can you picture it? They're in a room. They're scared out of their wits. They're shaking in their boots. They don't know what's going to happen. Their, their faith has been rocked because their, their, their supposed king had been, had been beaten, had been uh, hung on a cross, had hung on a cross, and he was thrown in a tomb. And now what? And now what? And all of a sudden, supernaturally, the king of kings and the Lord of lords appears before them and he says, peace. Peace, guys. Can you picture it? Can you picture yourself in that room? I mean, I think, I, I don't know, knowing me, I'd probably freak out. Ah, Jesus, it's you. Well, maybe, maybe I would have hit the door the other direction for fear. I don't know. But imagine that. Imagine, he says, peace, peace be with you. And when he had said this, watch this. He showed them both, hand, both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, so Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed. Wow. Wow. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Picture it. And he says, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. That's verses 19 through 23. John 20, 19, these verses we just read, takes place during the counting of the Omer. Resurrection, Pentecost, in between. It takes place during this time. What is Jesus saying here? You see, God gave the Torah, the law, thousands of years before on Pentecost. Fast forward to thousands of years later, he is about to give the promise of the Holy Spirit on the same day to the 120 that were gathered in unison on the day of Pentecost. That blows my mind. That blows my mind. There are no coincidences with God. Can you shout amen to that? So here they are in the middle of the counting of the Omer between first fruits and Pentecost, and Jesus appears to them. And I want you to notice something. Up, up until this point, they were disciples. Up until that point, they had been disciples of Jesus. They had been students of Jesus for three years during his ministerial time. Three years. But I want you to listen to me. We have to take this into consideration and apply it to us this day and age. There had been, they had been learning up until that point. We've been learning up until this point. Amen? Amen? And Jesus says to them, peace be with you, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Imagine it. His words had to have caused an explosion in their hearts. They had to have been wondering, what does this mean? 
What does this mean? The, the spirit of God, ladies and gentlemen, brings regeneration, brings re illumination, and brings revelation to our lives. That's, that's one of the main things the Holy Spirit does among many others. These men go from being disciples, hello, to an instantly graduation of becoming apostleship in one breath. When Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, they go from being disciples to being apostles. That's a big difference. Some people have been disciples for 30 years. Some people have been disciples for 15, 20, 25 years of Jesus, students of Jesus, and have never understood that once the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that Ruach HaKodesh, which is the Spirit of Truth, comes upon you, you have graduated and become an apostle of the Lord. Everybody say, I'm an apostle. Everything changes. Everything changes. You might say, that's crazy talk, Pastor Yvette. Me, an apostle? Sure, you're an apostle. Absolutely, you're an apostle. You know, you might think it's crazy talk, but you want to know why you think it's crazy talk? Because the, uh, apostleship in our day and age has, has a negative connotation. Isn't that true? Being an apostle, ladies and gentlemen, has nothing nothing, and I'm going to repeat it one more time, nothing to do with how big your church is. It has nothing to do with how many bodyguards you have. Hello. It has nothing to do with how much you snap your finger and you have people at your beck and call. That is not an apostle. We're servants. No matter what title you have. Can I get an amen? amen? When you receive the Holy Spirit's revelation, you need to see yourself as someone who has been commissioned for an eternal purpose. It's not an it's not just a temporary thing. It's not it's not oh, you know, it it's it comes and goes. No, you are commissioned for eternal purpose. You are commissioned for eternal purpose. I want you to get that in your heads. It's eternal. You are impacting eternity. You are impacting those around you. God only knows. God only knows. We will probably never know until we are in the presence of God. God only knows how many generations after generations after generation after generation after generation after generation and for generations to come, lest the Lord tarries, of how many people have been affected by the gospel of Jesus Christ in this church. And it ain't because of me and pastor. Because we're flesh and blood and we will fail you tomorrow. Because we are flesh and bone and we are sinful people and sinful nature. And unfortunately, there might be a few things that I might say or pastor might say that bother you or, 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 or hurt you. And we apologize for that. We never mean to hurt people. But guess what? Guess what? In this church, we have seen so many things happen. We've seen and there are things we haven't even seen. We haven't even scratched the surface of how many people have, have gone from destruction 
to everlasting life just because one person came to the Lord here in this church and then they affected another person. And it's that domino effect. And they affected others. They affected others. And you know what? To God be the glory for that. Not, not Word of Faith Global Ministries, not Pastor Ricky, not Pastor Yvette, not the ministerial team in here. No, 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 no. All because of him. But guess what? He used willing vessels. Who's one? Who's one? Who's one in this place? Who's one? I am. I am. I, I put my, both, my, both hands up, Lord. Do it. Do it with me. Do it with me. Hallelujah. You see, a new beginning has commenced. A fresh start. A fresh start. What happens with this is that it creates identity. What does when we come to Christ? It creates identity. When we're commissioned by the Almighty, it creates identity. Then you know who you are because you know whose you are. You know who you serve. So it creates identity. It creates true identity. Can I get an amen to that? It creates true identity in a world where people's view of identity is increasingly warped. Hello. Warped. We need to understand that having a real relationship with Jesus brings us true identity. Can I get an amen? Because I know I'm preaching good and it ain't me. It's Holy Spirit. So you have to seek God and his revelation as to what you were called to do and serve in the capacity that you ought to serve in. So it was during these 40 days. I'm doing this as the bookends. You got visuals when I do that? Yes? Anybody? Because it does for me. It helps me. Visuals. It was during these 40 days of intense teaching and visitations that they saw themselves in a different light. Not only were they excited because of what they were hearing from Jesus and because they saw the risen Savior, but they, they saw themselves in a different light. Hallelujah. They realized that they would take everything that they were taught and go out and preach and teach and disciple and baptize and minister to others. During these days of visitation, Jesus revealed the kingdom of God to them. Things that were worth dying for. Think about that. Things that were worth dying for. These, do you realize if you go back and read historical books of how some of these, these disciples died, it was horrific. Horrific. One, one of being, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory serves me correct, Peter was hung upside down. Because he felt that he wasn't worthy to be hung the way that Jesus was hung. They, it was, they were being, they were being poured into in such a powerful way. And things were being revealed to them in such a powerful way. Things that were worth dying for. Wow, that's powerful. That is so powerful. Things worth dying for. What an... What an immensely special time in the lives of these people. You see, you see, counting the Omer took on a whole different meaning for them. They were counting the Omer in, like in the past. They needed to count the Omer now in a totally different light. You get it? Yeah. 
Each day they would rush to their gathering place, counting the omer, praying and waiting with hope and a spirit of expectation. That's what I want to draw today. That's what I want to draw today. So there they were counting every day. I wonder what's going to happen next. Counting. I wonder what Jesus is going to do now. Counting. I wonder where he's going to appear. Counting. I wonder what he's going to reveal to us. Can you imagine that spirit of expectation? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that that's the way that we need to live. That's the way we need to live. A lot of times we are so wrapped around the circumstances of our own lives. A lot of times we are so embedded in the things that are happening in the here and the now in our lives, and I understand it because I am there with you. Please don't ever look at me with a halo on my head. Please. But that spirit of expectation is the way that we need to live our lives. That's the same spirit of expectation that we need to have when we spend time with the Lord. When we open up the word. Instead of, oh God, it's another day. It's five o'clock in the morning. I'm ready to read your word. And Jesus said, oh, no, with a spirit of expectation, God, I'm sacrificing this time because I know that you're going to reveal something to me so beautiful in this word that's going to enrich my walk with you and I'm going to be able to touch the lives of those around me. A spirit of expectation is what our daily walk needs to be. You see, you remember when Jesus was waiting for them by the shore and he prepared breakfast for them one morning in one of the stories of scripture. I always, I always think about that scene. And so he was, he was preparing a time to pour some wisdom into them. He was, he was preparing a time to give them spiritual food. Hallelujah. Like that dream that Martha had not too long ago. Spiritual food. Glory to God. I want you to notice something as we're getting ready to wrap up here. When Jesus breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit, the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit begins in them. It's the parallel of the father on Adam at creation. God breathes, breathes the breath of life into Adam. At the fall, it created a void in, hu in the human heart. But don't you see? Don't you see? This, that, which had been lost, Jesus came to restore. That that was lost, Jesus was the one that came to restore. And that's the power of the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. That void that can only be filled by him. The Holy Spirit. So again, Jesus is appearing to his disciples these 40 days. Then on the 40th day, everybody say 40. 40. On the 40th day of preparation, what the, the time of preparation was complete. Jesus ascends to the Father. Go to Acts 1, 6 through 11. Quick, 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 quick. Acts 1, 6 through 11. Quick, 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 quick. Are you there? And when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel to Israel? They still were in that mindset, right? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times 
or the epochs or the seasons, basically, the epochs, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Look at verse 9. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and, uh, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood before them. <clears throat> and they said, to, they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way you have watched him go into heaven. Notice that after the 40 days of preparation, there were 10 days. Everybody say 10. 10 days that they were by themselves. Jesus resurrects after then, that 40th day, he resurrects. 10 more days. 10 more days before Pentecost. Ooh, it's getting exciting. It's getting exciting. Jesus tells them not to leave Jerusalem because they needed to receive the promise of the Father. Their mind is on Torah. Their mind is on Shavuot, on Pentecost. That's what their mind is. Ooh, they have no idea. No idea. His last words are of great importance in verse 8. Verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen. I know my son's probably back there going, Mom, stop, just stop. Just stop. What's this baptism going to look like, Peter? Well, I don't know, John. What do you think it's going to look like? Man, I don't know. What do you think, Thomas? I don't know, man. I don't still believe stuff. I don't know. I've given you into a window of my brain. I wonder. I wonder. Is the church living with expectation? Think about that. Are we, are we daily walking this road we call life with a spirit of expectation? Has our conversion experience with God radically changed in such a way that we look at every corner waiting and hopeful with anticipation or waiting for just a moment and saying, you know, that, that was a divine appointment. God is going to do something with that. Have you ever thought those things through your head? This was a divine appointment. I'm waiting for expect with expectation for my next divine appointment. That's our mindset. What's, gonna, what's God going to do next? Who's he going to bring to our church? Who's he going to bring to the Seventh-day Adventist church while we're there for six months or however long? Maybe four months, maybe three months, God willing. And we, we, God's going to bring a place for us that we can grow permanently in and we can put our own sound system and we can put our own keyboard and our own drum set and everything and we can do our happy dance and we can reach souls for the kingdom of God. What's God going to do? What's God going to do? That spirit of anticipation is how we need to live our lives, knowing and believing that no matter what comes our way, God is up to something good. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and I'm not just waiting, sucking my thumb. I'm waiting with expectation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
And what about looking with expectation for his return? Mm, is right. How many of you, when you wake up in the morning, look out the window and go, is today the day, Jesus? Because if it is, I better get working and saving some more people for your glory and for your honor. I think the church has lost that too, waiting for his return for his bride. I think the church at large has lost the essence of the expectation. I've been sent here today to remind you to stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. We're too busy sometimes and we are too self-absorbed with the problems of the day. And that's what's happening around us, that we are missing it. You know, the pastor sometimes takes too long and I'm just looking at my watch and I'm hungry. And look now, maybe another song. Oh, dear God in heaven, I hope nobody comes up for prayer because then it's going to elongate the service. Dear God in heaven, I want out. I, I think I'd, I'd rather sleep in today and go to church. It's really the only day I get to sleep. The Lord, you know, you understand. Why am I going to pray about that and about that person? I've been praying for them for years. I haven't seen one lick of change. God, I'm tired of praying for them. You've lost the essence of the expectation. Because when these, op these doors have opened and those doors begin to open and whatever other door the Lord opens for us, we ought to step in there with a spirit of expectation. Amen. Knowing and believing that God is there. God is with us as we walk in there. And God is going to do something great. Can you say amen to that? Amen. On the 10th day came Pentecost. The promise of the Holy Spirit came. Randy, would you just come? If we look at Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, will you stand with me? They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separate, that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues, in other tongues, and this, as the Spirit led them. You see... We haven't been left alone. Jesus ascended to heaven, but we have the Holy Spirit of promise. That same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in us when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and we receive him as Lord and as Savior. Can you get that revelation in you? The long-awaited moment had arrived. The start of something new. The birth of the church with only 120 people gathered, waiting with expectation. As I look around this room and I see your faces, some that I do know, some that I don't. Do you have a spirit of expectation? For the things in your own life? And what about the things for our church? You see, they were sealed for eternity, for the work of the kingdom, empowered, and you know what? So are we. That wasn't a that time and that's over. No. We are sealed. When you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are sealed. Amen? We are sealed for the work of the kingdom. The climax, climax was reached on that day. 
And you know what? The rest is history. The rest is history. We, ladies and gentlemen, are a product of what took place that day. And aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad for that? Do we need to count the Omer? No. No. We need to know what happened, when it happened, why it happened, right? How it happened, so that we too can live our lives as if we were also counting with expectation, with fire in our hearts, looking forward to the visitations, the teachings, amen, the revelations and the learning about the glorious kingdom that awaits us, knowing and understanding that we too have been sealed and all because we have received the Holy Spirit of promise. I wonder, as every head is bowed this morning and eyes closed for just a moment, how many of you can truly say, I've been sealed too because I have a relationship with Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, I'm giving you this opportunity this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit that is here this morning. And maybe you don't know all exactly what that looks like. That's okay. Nobody's got it figured out anyway. All we know is that when you come to Christ, when you say, I relinquish myself and my control and I give it to you, Jesus, that's when things start happening in your life. You're totally and radically changed for him. And it's a new day. You're a new creation. Old things have been passed away and all things are new and you're off to a fresh start. So if you are here this morning and if you are watching online and you say to me, Pastor Yvette, I don't necessarily have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like to have one today. Would you just raise your hand real quick and just put it right back down? I'd love to pray for you. And for those that are watching online, I would say the same thing. Just lift it up real quick for me. You say, Pastor Yvette, I want to receive Jesus. I want a fresh start. I've made a mess out of my life and I want to start new. Anyone in this place? Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. In our season of waiting, I implore you to wait with expectation, excited to see the mighty hand of God move for your breakthrough, for your miracle, for our miracle, for our breakthrough. Amen. Will you pray this prayer out loud with me? Father, in the name of Jesus. I receive you as my Lord and as my King. I let go and I let you. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I have sinned against you. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to give me fresh revelation of the Word of God every time I open it. And Lord, I say to you today, I will walk with you all the days of my life in the name of Jesus. Now, say this prayer with me. Father, help me to have eyes of expectation, ears of anticipation, and a heart of 
yielded to you, knowing that you've got this, Lord. You've got this, Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, the promise is coming. Amen. The miracle is coming. We don't walk in rituals. We walk under his grace and his anointing. Amen. Can you say amen to that with the power of the Holy Spirit? And for us as a church, this is only the beginning. The start of something new and exciting. So be expectant. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. So I'm counting down the days. One, I'm still waiting, Lord. Two, I still believe. Come on. Right? Three, you're the God of miracles. Four, I won't stop praising you in the midst of this waiting. Amen. Five, you're the God of provision. Amen. Six, you're the creator of the universe, universe and nothing's impossible for you. Amen. Seven, I will trust you no matter what I feel. We don't know what awaits us as we gather at the Seventh-day Adventist church. But we know it's going to be good. Amen to that. Eight, I put my confidence in you despite of what I see. Nine, I will worship you in the waiting. And ten, I thank you, Father. Scotty, would you bring the um, little basket? We were at the uh, Heartbeat, of, Heartbeat International Conference recently, and we saw these little wristbands. And this was um, a gentleman that was a very dear friend of ours in the pro-life movement, Saul Bachan, and he passed away. And while he was sick in the hospital, he had this something similar to this, a wristband that said, God's got this. And so pastor and I talked about it and we said, you know, that, that rings dear, dear, very dear for us. So let's get some of these made for our church. So as they, as the ushers pass these out, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put it on as a reminder, as a reminder of today's message but as a reminder that God's got this. God's got this for Word of Faith Global Ministries. God's got this for you. God's got this for you. God's got this for all of us, amen? No matter what, he's gonna make a way where there is no way, amen? God's got this. So as you pass those out, it's a great conversational piece if anybody ever asks you, it's a good, time to invite people to come to church as well and say, hey, my church is pretty cool. Say amen to that. Amen. Pastor, you want to close? Yes. I want to close off uh, for those that are watching online. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you, you said it again because you wanted to rededicate your life to Jesus, we praise God for you and we would love to get to know you. We would love to pray for you specifically. So send us an email, send us a comment, and we would love to get to know you a little bit better. But I'm going to pray for those that are online. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray a special blessing over those that are listening on to online that could not make it today. And Father, those that are in other states and even in other countries, because I know that other countries even watch these messages. So we pray a special blessing for them, their home, their family, their health, their finances, their countries, their states, their cities, wherever they find themselves, oh God.
And we declare that you've got this for them. And whatever they're believing you for, Lord, may they wait with a spirit of anticipation, knowing and believing that you have got this, God, and that you're in control. I speak blessings over you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you.